Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Stay tuned for Paratalk Radio with Ted Wolf and Psychic Cindy right here on Blog Talk Radio. In the small hollow in North Carolina, there have been several Bigfoot sightings skirting fields and meadows and even attacking chickens at a local watering hole. Another thing may need to be on the lookout for something <laughs> other than deer when they hit the woods this week. Up until Sunday night, he hadn't been spotted recently, but according to these pictures, the legendary Mothman is back. The number of UFO sightings is soaring tenfold over the past 25 years. Now, she's not talking about people. She is talking about ghosts hanging around what some say is a real-life haunted house. You're listening to Paratalk Radio with Ted Wolf and Psychic Cindy on paratalkradio.com. Paratalk Radio is your one-stop for all things paranormal, the unknown, and the supernatural. We cover topics such as ghosts, hauntings, Bigfoot, UFOs, and more. Paratalk Radio is a product of the Genesee Valley Paranormal Investigators. You can join us every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 7 p.m. Central. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, TuneIn, and Google Play. We are a part of AHAM Radio Network and blogtalkradio.com. Live video streaming can be seen on Facebook at facebook.com backslash paratalkradio and periscope.tv. To contact us, email paratalkradiohost at gmail.com or search on the web for Paratalk Radio. Paratalk Radio is recorded live at J. Wolf Productions in Ontario, New York, engineered by John Winter. We are Rochester, New York's only paranormal talk radio show. The topics, views, and opinions expressed on our show may not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Paratalk Radio, our hosts, or our sponsors. Some of the language on our show may not be suitable for listeners under 16. And now, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. Hi, everybody! Hello. <laughs> what? <laughs> what was that, John? It just started running. Because... It just started running by itself. <laughs> Okay, let's see. Let's who let's see who we have here. Da 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 da. Oh, I need to. <laughs> da 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 da. Hi, Hover. Because that's the beginning. Hi, Robert. Well, it's way up here though. Oh, you have to roll it. Put it over Hi, there. Hi, Jesse. No, I already tried that, honey. Oh, it well, won't go up. Because it's too late. Little. Can't go to him. Okay. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Adna. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Jason Marble. Sean Curran. Hey, that Sean. Design, Cindy. What does that mean? Hey, Jason. Hey, Sean. Jeez, I haven't hey, seen Jim. Sh- I haven't seen Sean in forever. Miss you, buddy. Yeah. Hey, everybody else, please say hi so I can see you. So I can go, hi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it says we are, oh, well, we did have 13. Now we're down. So, that no, that's okay, but that's all right. Yeah, um, but I just wanted, 
just so I could say hi to everybody. And okay. getting ready in case she gets cold. Oh, heck yeah. We did it. Look at her talk radio shirts. Look at. Yes. Listen, I try to wear mine every yeah, day. Yeah, I do too. I try. Oh, wait. I have. Oh, hi, Keith. Hi, Keith Cook Carlson Ross. That's wow. A, that's a, that's that, a mouthful. That, that's a, that's case, a mouthful. KCCR. KCCR, okay. Hey, David Tyler. Yeah, yeah. Hey, buddy. What you doing? Yeah. Um. So tonight's going to be fun. Well, duh. It's always fun. Right? Yeah. Isn't it supposed to be fun? Yeah, it is fun. Always. So, yeah. Always, always. Fun. Always fun. Um. I have it over here. Look at that. Yeah, look at you. But I'm going yeah, to. Yeah, you, you stole it all. No, I gave it to you. <laughs> So, That's not like it's the clapper. I was thing. looking I at the, it to you. I was looking at Robin. Clap on, clap off the clapper. There you go. Clap on the clapper. The clap. So I don't want the clap. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. Stop the clapping. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so before we get to her, because um, she's going to be calling here in about four minutes, um, I want to talk about last week's show. Oh, hi, Robin's on. Hi, said, Robin. Hi, excited to be on your show. Thank you. Um, I'm really, I really want to touch base on uh, Michael Keane's Heart Island uh, Cemetery of Strangers because some wonderful things have been happening. People have been emailing me and messaging me about Heart Island. Oh. And do you remember last week we were talking about what else, why are they stopping people from going to the island? Like well, what? you and I discussed it afterward, and I said, I think there could be biohazard. I think right. there could and be hazardous material well, there. To that, um, I've been getting messages saying that maybe it's because, and there's a few things here. Um, one of them was they don't want people to know that the bodies that did come from the island that fell into the water have because bones are still somewhat light. Some of them can float downstream and showed up in other other areas. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is conspiracy theories. So the government hiding something else there besides just a million people. That's what they Besides a million people. Hi, James. Hi, Jamie. These are all conspiracy theories. So it all is possible. Mm -hmm. What are they hiding if they are hiding? So, I mean, this Uh, is something we have to think about i mean think about it this way let's let's okay let's just do it scientifically let's not put in the paranormal okay just, scientifically. just morally just think too because I mean, not even i mean let's take out morals right because i mean putting all those bodies in there holy shit balls right yeah, yeah exactly but let's just talk about scientifically because when a body breaks down you're not only does it I mean, in, in, in the ways that they are doing this. So let's say they were using pine boxes like they should, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It takes a lot longer for the wood to break down. It takes a lot longer for the body to break down into the soil. But we know well, that especially even newer with, bodies. Right. But we also know that they were discussing that the babies were put in cardboard boxes. So now think about a body decomposing. Paper will decompose much quicker rate than a pine box. Number oh, correct. one, even though it's made from the same materials, more or less, it correct. will it will decompose faster. Number two, now the soil is getting contaminated because the body is breaking down. Well, I mean that's true in every cemetery and every you know, but but we're not talking about not every really. cemetery. Every yeah. cemetery uses 
coffins, wood majority, or pine boxes. But but there's a concrete vault that's usually at the bottom first, and then they drop the coffin in. Correct. Keeps all that shit from becoming part of the... Because, listen, I, I, I did anthropology class. I, did you know maraschino cherries? Do not eat maraschino cherries, people. They are disgusting. Especially when they've been sitting like uh, they don't break honey down. jack for a long time. They don't break down. Oh, so you poop out like, big cherries? When you bury them, yeah. they don't break down, which means there are so many chemicals in there that you're putting that in your body. Mungie, we, we need to dig up old maraschino cherries. Well, I, I, I buried a rat. Yeah. Anyway, so no, I had to, I mean, I literally I had get, to bury I, a rat for I, my I class. Get, I get that. And I, I mean, get that's that. just scientifically speaking, but now we're talking about the mass grave. That, that soil is permeated with bodies. Bodies that had diseases. Biohazards. Lots of diseases. Bio-hazards. I mean, you, you, have, you had AIDS victims, you had yellow fever, you had black plague, you had all this stuff there. Biohazard. Now, now here's something else. <laughs> we're not else. talking about the metal band. Now, here's something else I want to bring up is, has a priest ever blessed that area as a grave? You know how they do that? They have yeah. somebody come and, 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 you know, make it right. holy ground. Is right. It? Hallowed is ground. It? I have no idea. I mean, that would be very interesting. Yeah, so there's, hey, so there's another thing you can think about. No clap for Cindy. So there is a lot of stuff with this Heart Island that we as as individuals that, I mean, 100, 150 <laughs> years we didn't know about this. And now we know. So I think we should be looking into this more. I don't think we should allow I this to happen agree. anymore. Bodies but still where, are where will New York City bury their paupers? Where will they bury the people that are? I mean, so let on. them do like the Vikings did. Put them on a platform oh God, and bury awesome. them in bury them in the ocean. I mean, we could certainly Burn cremate. Them, cremate. We could certainly cremate. It would be a lot healthier. Right. Well, I just wanted to bring that up, per and se. and I know I, I know that we have we have Robin coming on. I don't want to hold her up too much. Um, <laughs> she's probably. What's that, David? Cindy, David, there is a reason David. why there are fences around graveyards. People are dying to get in. Ha! Well, ha, there is ha, a difference, ha. though. There is a difference between a cemetery and a what's the other word for cemetery? Or we think there's graveyard? another one. The graveyard. No, not graveyard though. A cemetery and a maybe it is graveyard. I don't know. I don't know. But I love that too. Because Twinkies bury Twinkies. Twinkies are the same way. You bury yeah. Twinkies and they last Ugh. forever. They it's last forever. Disgusting. Okay, so real quick, um, before we get to Robin, because we need to do that, uh, mm-hmm. she's probably waiting on the other line. You want to come over here for me and see if she's up there waiting? Uh, yes, she is. So um, go ahead and bring her on. But Robin, welcome to the show. Hi, but, Robin. But we're going to just, a moment, just give us okay? a second. But are there? That's um, fine. Hi, want... how are you doing? Good, good. So let's. See. I I just wanted to kind of reach out to everybody quick and say. I know we can't see you raising your hands, but I've got to spend about all these new paranormal shows that have been coming on that were just released in the past week or so. Holy shit, Paul. Can we, can yeah, we take I mean, a moment? Let's just, can we just do now, what, they're, they're, what, they're, what they're called? Now, okay, so. now I've got, I put one on here that I've been watching for 20 freaking years. Now, Most yeah. Haunted being the, the, the British version, oh, yeah. you know, of, of all these paranormal shows. When I used to watch it, it's exactly the same. They do the same thing. They don't use all these gadgets. They don't use the, you know, all this stuff. And it's still 
primarily the same. And I right. love watching that show. When they get scared, they get scared. I mean, it's it's kind of like the Ghost Brothers. When they get scared, they show you, or get scared, they show you, they get scared. <laughs> I love Ghost Brothers. So do I. So, I mean, but it's hysterical. But I, stuff like that is different and it's guys. fun. Mm-hmm. But I've got to tell you, I, 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 even though I love Katrina, um, I, I have no desire Hi, to watch this Pulse to Hell. No, des- no desire no, whatsoever. I, I, I had Jansen because you know Jansen has yeah. this thing with Zach Baggins. He just likes watching that show, and I it drives me insane. But I allow my child because I'm not going to control what he watches up to a point. He can make his own decisions, except because I protect my shiz. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Protect all of my electronic devices. That's imperative here but i'm not gonna let them watch something called portal to hell i mean i i just don't understand why they would name it like that first off um the next thing is is do you really want to watch a show that's that's even more more hypothetical than ghost hunting shows i mean this is i mean it's i I, I'm, i'm just not I'm not looking forward to it. And then mm-hmm. I just watched Ghostbait. I watched two episodes of Ghostbait. Yeah. Uh, do you know anything about that show? <laughs> yes. It's, so it's kind of terrifying, people. What they do is they are making you. So they take psychology. their client. They take their client. Okay, right. So yeah. not, what they do is take psychology to the nth degree. So it's yeah, not it's just putting you into your fear and giving you like this brief like no no they're taking you there putting a burlap bag, bag over, your, over head. your head and you are just terrified well and it, and i understand because what they're trying to do is to to boost your it's other like senses version. they're taking the vision away and hoping that your other senses will become stronger at that moment okay. and people are getting scared i'm telling you right now you put a burlap bag over my head and stay in a place that's supposedly <laughs> haunted I'm not, it's not that I'm going to be scared, but I'm going to be totally ridiculous. Well. Totally ridiculous. But the clients, think about these people that don't have. Maybe we should try it out. Wouldn't that be funny? Sure. I mean, but we have clients. <laughs> we'll make you know, a video. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, I, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, I have no desire. I mean, I watched Ghost Bait. I did record it. Oh I my watched God. two episode, episodes. Um, but uh, Bilbo <laughs> is Zach related to Bilbo? Bilbo Baggins. Anyways, and I just I, I'm not. Um, oh God, that's. I don't know. I'm not I'm thrilled. That's but me. what I am thrilled about is Travel Channel is bringing the guys back. Ghost Hunters is coming know, back on Travel Channel. They are coming back. I saw that. I'm happy as a clam. I thought that was amazing. I'm so, happy as a clown. Yeah, that's great. So, all right. So, we have Miss Robin Murphy on the phone much, with us. Hello, Robin. Hello there. How you there doing? You are. Hi, Robin. How Where's are Batman? you? I'm glad to be here. He's on call tonight. <laughs> well, I just want to say here real quick, um, Robin is an author of Paranormal Mystery Books. He's also mm-hmm. a speaker for an author platform that helps new authors. I think it's, a, I it's love amazing. That. It's I amazing. Love um, she's appeared on, uh, yeah, she's appeared on uh, several television channels, ABC, NBC, Fox, stuff like that. And she's been on several shows. Um, she's got uh, some books out there. Sullivan's Secret, Secret of the Big Easy, 
uh, several or federal cities secret uh, secret of Coffin Coffin Island, and there are a few. I think there's at least one more that I missed. Yeah, but, five industries. Hang okay, on, so there's another one. Um, but I gotta mm-hmm. tell you, I mean, we have not had the opportunity to read these, and um, we want to. Um, I, I know Cindy does. To. Cindy loves the, the general mysteries, but um, we want to get into this with you, and and, and we wanna we wanna Coffin hit Island a couple and topics Savannah with you. Secret. Savannah Secret. Okay, yep. so. Marie one Bartek of them, and the SIP team. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of these is uh, how, uh, when did you start writing? I mean, were you young? Um, when did you become an author? Um, I kind of started later in life. I probably got into writing. I always say writing found me back in 2006, 2007. And that was more of a romance. And I stuck on Lulu.com, and I think I sold five books, which mm-hmm. you know, three of them were three of them were my family. So I, I kind of <laughs> uh, realized that I needed a little more training with the writing aspect. Like I had all the ideas, I had the the creative side, but when it came to putting pen to paper, um, I needed a little more guidance, I guess, if you will. So I did take some uh, online classes. I took a writing course. Uh, college writing course and that kind of helped me really put it together in a timeline sequence and really solve and secret developed out of my college course because I was able to start coming up with ideas you know my uh, professor wanted me to kind of get an idea of what I enjoyed writing about and I've always 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 been drawn to the paranormal you know, ghost investigating, mm-hmm. psychics, um, all of those things, and, and a mystery. So I kind of just pulled all that together, and the SIPS team was developed. Well, that's awesome. I think it's it's amazing. I mean, um, I know I started later in life myself. Uh, Cindy wants to write a book, so she's really late in life. But... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know I, I is going uh, to write a book let's just put it that way <laughs> yeah i um I, I did start later in life also in fact i started out with a, a co-writer as well a co-author well, I, and look i've written stuff along the way as a kid and up to now i can remember writing starting books at 14 yeah, well, I was going to mention that I, I sat down the other night and I was thinking about the first thing that I ever wrote. And believe it or not, um, it was a song about cancer. Wait, what? Yeah, when I was little, um, I wrote a song about cancer and I actually buried it in a wooden box. And I know exactly where it's buried. I just have to drive there to get it. But but that's one of, <laughs> that's, that's one of the things. But I've published like short stories. You buried published, a song in... I buried a song. So I, okay. I publish poetry, short stories, songs, or music, I should say, Hi, um, and publish my first two books. I mean, for myself, I'm, I'm getting getting the swing of it a little bit, So, but it's great. Yeah. Um, now, the whole thing, because you're interested in the paranormal, can I ask what brought you to the paranormal? Um, I really don't know. I think I started off probably in the very beginning I was fascinated with psychics. Mm-hmm. So I I read 
um, some true stories and nothing was, everything was nonfiction. You know, I, I, at the time when I was getting into it, more into it, I guess you could say, I, I enjoyed reading about Sylvia Brown. Um, and it just sort of started there. And then, of course, you all were mentioning, which I'm thrilled about, by the way, that Ghost Hunters is coming back on. I can't believe it. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, really yeah, it's happening. I'm, like, I'm they were coming back. about that. But that's Me where I started too. with the ghost investigating. You know, it was um, watching them on television. And I was kind of fascinated with that. And that's kind of where it all developed. I wanted to be able to pull a psychic, you know, who my protagonist, she's kind of struggling a little bit with um, her gifts coming back to her. She had it as a young girl. She kind of squelched it and starts coming back to her. And now she's ready to embrace it, but she and her best friend decide to get this group together to do ghost investigations. They want to help other people on the island, on Sullivan's Island. And they just begin doing their investigation. And along with that, of course, then is a serial killer that's loose on the island killing women. And it takes Marie and the team with her abilities along with the local police department and they kind of work together to find the killer that's cool i like i so i, I wasn't kidding when i said i want to buy all of her books yeah um believe <laughs> it or not, I, the series sounds fantastic well there's a um a, one of our our, our our normal listeners lately as of late i should say uh brie danger actually has bought a couple of her books and she um is reading one now i believe the secret of Coffin Island, I think, is the one that she's reading right now. Oh wow, that's awesome! Right. That's like so, the in the series. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So um, I, I could be wrong. So when Brie comes on, she'll she'll correct me, I'm sure. So, um, but I, I anybody that's into the paranormal, I, I welcome. We welcome you. You know, I mean, we want to hear. We want to promote. Mm-hmm. We want to um, extend. And I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, we, we do believe in parity and mm-hmm. whether you're Absolutely. a nonfiction or fiction writer, it doesn't matter. Your stuff is, mm-hmm. is, uh, everything adds, everybody can bring something to the table. That's my theory. So that's right. Uh, that's right. I agree. Well, I had an I'm, interesting I'm, scenario for uh, me when I was writing this uh, series, I want to say it was probably the second book. Um, we have a local group here in town, so I'll give them a little plug, um, Antietam Paranormal Society, and they are an awesome group, and they were very kind enough and gracious enough to invite me along on one of their investigations, and this is probably back in uh, 2012, and that really opened my eyes as to what takes place for a ghost investigation, because you know, you do watch it on television, and you obviously are going to get the highlights when you're watching the show because they've only got so much time. But when I realized the detail that goes into, you know, first interviewing the client, obviously, and then interviewing any history, researching any history that takes place wherever they're investigating, and that takes a ton of time. And then when I got there, you're looking at all the equipment and all the, the computers and the whole scenario. I mean, it was mind-boggling just to see what they have to do to put it all together before they even go and, and do the investigation. And that was key for me because 
I was right in it, and I was able to experience it, and that helped me bring that to my stories and kind of made it a little more um, believable. Right, right. Well, I, I think that's one of the other things that helps with books such as yours is that the, the author themselves, especially if it's fiction, you know, they should at least experience it once or twice, and, and that would only add to the book. It's going to give it more mm-hmm. light, more uh, like frosting on the cake, so to mm, speak, you know. That's right. <laughs> diabetic. I want that too. Shush. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I um, – I, I I haven't read the book, but I'm sure that Cindy's going to read it before mm-hmm. me, and um, I'm sure she's going to give us an update <laughs> on it. I I, I myself, I mean, I'm very interested in paranormal books. I have um, relatives that you know read everything from vampire diaries to um, just like ghost stories that are that are fiction and, and different stories like that. I just I think it's imagination goes. It's mm-hmm. awesome that you can sit down and write a book out of thin air. Right. It's amazing. You know, like that. I mean, yeah. with my books, because they're nonfiction, I'm actually giving you factual stuff and detail and stuff that's laying in right. front of me. You right. know what I mean? It's not, right. not out of the right. thin air. You know, or right. like like what we were talking about earlier with Michael Keene. I mean, he right. is actually searching. Yeah, I mean, he is investigating. Uh, yeah, he and is, he's doing many a lot of searching. Hours. And, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. that. that is different, but... When a fiction author can take pull it out of the air, I just think that's an amazing talent. I, I agree really do. completely. Thank you. So I want to thank you, J.P. Lewis and Steve Brand. Hi, welcome. Yeah. So, um, can you pin the phone number down on the bottom because I want to make mm-hmm. sure that we have that available, because um, we will take the last part of the show, uh, Robin, so that uh, people can call and talk to you and uh, ask you some questions as well. As hope, hope you don't mind. Um, no, great. Yeah, we 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 like this. We like to keep people, mm-hmm. you know, interactive as much as possible. We've been trying to get these guys to call more, but I think they're a little shy. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. We got to get them over that. <laughs> so let's let's talk about a few of your books. Kind of just give us the the rundown on on the books, starting with the title, and so that we can get people to reach out by your. Book. Sure. You know, well, the first book, of oh. course, is Sullivan's Secret. And like yep. I said, that takes place on Sullivan's Island, South Carolina. And um, it's a serial killer that's taken place there. The um, second book, Secret of the Big Easy, that takes place in, obviously, New Orleans. That book, um, mm-hmm. that, actually, this book was the one that, probably frightened my husband. He said he was going to start sleeping with one eye open at night because he couldn't understand <laughs> where funny. I came up with this stuff. You know, it was kind of, and I don't know where it comes from either, to be honest with you. It just I always think comes to it. Hi, Romy. Sorry, we, we call out people's names from time to time. We probably should no. not interrupt, but that's okay. But, cool. um, so then the third book is um, Federal City Secret, and, of course, that takes place in Washington, D.C. That's a little different. It's It's got to do with some politics. It's a kidnapping, um, and that's uh, that was fun to do as well, just kind of a different slant. Mm-hmm. Then the fourth book, Secret of Coffin Island, that's back down in, on South Carolina on Folly Island, and that kind of pulls in Edgar Allan Poe, um, his story, no. The Gold Bug. I kind of intertwined that into this story. It was kind of a fun way to pull some of those things taking place because he actually 
uh, was on Sullivan's Island and penned um, the gold bug when he was there. So I thought that was kind of neat to be able to bring those two stories together. And then the last book, Savannah's Secret, that is taking place, of course, in Savannah, Georgia, and that one deals with vampires. And that was was fun. Yeah. That That would be fun. I'm into vampires. I'm into vampires, too. So so do you take requests (laughs) for new ideas to write? Uh, I haven't, and nobody's ever really asked about that. It just kind of um, comes to me with ideas. You know, I mean, if anybody wants to, I got one for you. A psych, a psychic, um, okay, psychopath. Oh God, dang! Horror clown. (laughs) You're so ridiculous. (laughs) He's ridiculous. You know what? No, the psychic would always know the next move the cops were going to make. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Shoot. It'd be kind of a cool book. I don't know. We can just introduce her to Munji, and she can just, you know, take it from there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to do an in-depth interview, right? There you go. May 20th. <laughs> May 20th. Pop back in here. You'll hear him. Um, okay. He's one of our, all of our all-time favorites. He's amazing. In fact, we still got his picture here. Deep key. Oh. It's not going to reach it, like... Here, here's his picture. I don't know if anybody can see it. Oh, one. you're pulling my picture. Oh. There's Mungie. That, that one is mine, right? Yep. Mungie. <laughs> the Mungie. Yeah. So. The well, Mungie maniac. I, just, I, I just always thought, you know, if, like it's like we were talking with um, Stitches, who's another horror clown, where he actually investigates the paranormal. And so if you got, uh, it'd be a really cool team, investigative team, if you got some horror clowns together. <laughs> you know why not? Oh, oh, clowns, oh, have, them, have them start out at like some circus or something. They were working. Somebody got killed. Oh, and... Bob Murphy. <laughs> it must be Robin's husband. She said. He said my eyes are wide open. <laughs> both, both my eyes are wide open. <laughs> but, that's cool. But what I was saying, like literally, you know, you think these clowns just start out as you know circus clowns or something, and then yeah. they go out and somebody gets killed, Lord and they actually mercy. one of them psychic and. <laughs> well, there's, no doubt, there's no doubt. Anytime you bring in a scary clown, it's gonna it's gonna be a, a great story. So you know, yeah. without a doubt, <laughs> a psychic <laughs> horror clown that writes ballads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Hysterical. Yeah, I just I. You know, what would be scarier, the ghost or the clown? The clown. You know. That he's psychic. I wouldn't be scared of the ghost. It would be the clown. (laughs) Right. Put the the clown in a really, really, like, haunted house, you know? Okay, so you're saying that he's he's also a um, A serial killer, psychopath, and he's psychic. That's just terrifying. My God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, well. You know, the whole thought is, you know, it's something different. The whole thought is just don't it's di- write it. It's just different. It's just different. <laughs> yeah, I'm get, I'll oh, write this down and I'll, I'll put it off in the corner somewhere for the future. <laughs> for real. <laughs> and then you can, you can interview on interview for that one. Oh, my God, Heather, that's not even funny. She said maybe they aren't just psychic. Maybe they are doppelgangers. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> hey. There you go. Um, 
I really now I'm scared. I want to come. I want to come back to this whole thing with the stories, but I really want to know about this this uh, platform that mm, yeah. now is this something that you created yourself that you put together to help new authors. Yeah, yeah. What happened was um, when I started out in the very beginning, I had on Sullivan Secret. I had somebody reach out to me. It was a small press publisher, and very small press. It got me out a little bit, but I realized that I was able to pretty much market it on my own. So I took it over, self-published it. I think I had written the second book by then, maybe even the third. I can't even remember now. But the thing that was so frustrating was, you know, you're out there, as all authors, you know, indie authors doing this, you're self-publishing, doing it on your own, everything on your own. You're marketing, you're trying to get your name out there, you're trying to get people interested in your book, as well as trying to write and research and do all that goes into it. And what I found frustrating was when you're trying to get the book out there and say certain sites that you want to have them um, review your story, you ask them for a review or could you put it up on your website and, and try to get that going. And they would have these limitations where, well, you have to have five five-star reviews already before we'll even review your book. So it was kind of like mm-hmm. – okay, that's what I'm trying to do. You know, like I'm trying to get a review. It's like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? It was right, very frustrating. Right. And I'll, then on I'll top review of that, for you any time, Robin. What's this? I'll review for you any time, Robin. Just send it to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I had um, other things like you'd go out and you'd ask other folks that maybe were a little more established. Some authors would keep information close to the vest, and they wouldn't share some of the tips or information, and that was frustrating. Mm-hmm. Or something cost a lot of money to do that, and I just said, you know what, I'm tired of this, and this is crazy. So I just took everything that I had learned and just put it all together and created the um, the Rookie Writers book, and from there came the website, and that was kind of where it all materialized. Mm. Nice. That's Hi, awesome. Jennifer Rose. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I Jennifer Rose is on. Yeah. Wow. Hello. I um I think it's amazing because it's like you know when I started out, I wish I would have had you know help myself. I mean, there was there's just stuff that you can't. Uh, I don't know. You don't plan for, I mean, when you sit down and write, it's like, I, I'm kind of lazy. All right. I, I'll admit it. it. When it comes to writing, lazy, because I have a hard time putting my thoughts down on paper. And then once I start writing, I don't like it. And then I right, toss, it. Up and toss it. I don't toss them. I never right. toss them. I keep them. But there's stuff in there that probably would have been good. And I just toss it anyways. But that's the point <laughs> of Right. <laughs> but but then again, or he put you know, one I, line through. it's like that. I, I can't even think of the name of it. It's like dragon something. It's like where you could talk your book oh, yeah, and yeah, it writes yeah. it for you. Yeah. Like that's what I yeah. need. Yeah. That's I what I need to that would help. my book. That would help. Yeah. You know, and then find somebody to, to rate the book. Like, cause my first two books, they're both on Amazon and, and they're in Barnes and Noble. And, you I know, did. I I don't know if there's any <laughs> reviews there. I don't, I don't look. I do read you know, books. No I'm not kidding. I mean, do do. Reviews. I can't read the first chapter. I'm. <laughs> I am normally. I am. I like the audiobook thing. Oh, I love audiobooks too. 
You know, I like yeah. that better. I, I love, I still love a really good book in my hand. So come on now. Come on now. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Well, you know what? I'm speaking of now my um, first book, Now It's All in Secret, I'm just now in the process of getting it out on audiobook. I'm working on that now. Yeah. So, if you, so are any of these other books on audiobooks or? Just the first, uh, the other book that I did, my um, my mystery romance, uh, Point Shoot for Your Life, that was out there. That's out there now. And I just begun the series uh, just about a month ago. I'm in the middle of it. And I have a narrator working on it and getting solved in secret together now. So I'll just continue cool. on with each one. It, that's that's very time consuming as well. Although yeah, but you know, what? you know what? For people like me that drive and we don't listen to the radio and we want something to listen to, if it's a good book, yeah. audio book, I will listen to it all the time. And right. and I love listening to stuff too. So don't put any of those. Uh, Suggestive things underneath it, you know, the when you're sleeping, you know, suggested. What, are the, what do they call that? I can't think of it. Oh, uh, subliminal messages. Subliminal messages, yeah. Hi, Guyton. Hi, Could you imagine, Teddy, you're not going to chew tobacco anymore. Oh, my God, I would totally do that one. Yeah, you would. I totally would. No more tobacco spittle on the mic. Oh, oh, terrible. Oh, oh, oh. But the truth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's the truth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, maybe something else. I mean, if it's if it's in your wheelhouse, maybe you should do some more paranormal investigations to get some more ideas for more books. You can always come in and do some investigations with us. Oh. That would be a hoot. That would be fun. Because yeah, I, be I know... I think I'd pick your brain too, Cindy, because that kind of your your abilities kind of fascinate me too. So I'd probably want to sit down and chat with you. <laughs> I'd love that. Wouldn't that be fun yeah. if I had a character after me? Hey, oh my God! I've, I've done that. I've done yeah. that many times. Yes, I have. I've done that many times. So That's so yeah. fun. Yeah. Anytime you yeah. want, it, I'll, I'll give you my number. How's Can we that? unplug her battery? <laughs> no battery. It's just well, it's from the universe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, nope, we are yeah. unplugging her. Yeah, we need her now. You know, Robin, I'm going to add. Now, you, that's all, folks. Yeah. So we all got it. Yeah, we all got. It. Um. Oh, don't swallow. Do not spit that tea out. Wow. You better swallow you, it. You just told her to swallow. That's a terrible thing. That's not what now I meant. You guys are bad people. You. Bad people. <laughs> just, just, just pat her on the back, burp her like a baby. Oh my God! I thought I was going to spit it out. <laughs> See, that that won't help. No, oh it God, won't. No. I'm just glad it didn't come out of her nose. That, that would have been special, dude. I was trying not Super to get over any place. I was like. Let me wipe everybody off here. Robin's going to take this right right after this. She's going to can you believe that? It came right out her nose. <laughs> <laughs> and I meant well, it would have gone every place. Yeah. Well, what I, what I wanted to do down, was. Sydney, that's what, that's what Robin did. Wow. Because I reached out to you about being on the show, and I don't think you've ever heard of us. I'm sure you played a little research <laughs> on us. You had to know we're crazy, right? I mean. Uh, we're wild. We're a little wild. <laughs> I do. That's great. Uh, I love it. It's fun. 
Yeah, I mean, we're Thank you. Thank I you. Yeah, we're we're, we're 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 yeah, we're a hoot. <laughs> we're <laughs> we're told we're, Hi, Sonia. we're told that we are um oh, that's my ex-sister-in-law. We were told HPS? No, 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 Sonia. Hi HPS, but I don't know what HPS. Anyways, we're told that we're kind of like on the border of shock drops and shock drops, shock Shock, shock jocks. jocks, not drugs. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're not shock jocks. That's oh, see, this is why I need sugar. Oh, oh. That's right. I don't help. Then, honey, help. just pain. Well, you know, finding out that your diet can have to change everything in three weeks, but I can say I lost eight pounds in three weeks. So. Yes, 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 yes. I'm so Good job. Thank Congrats. Thank you. Now, you know, we... <laughs> I know. She cracks me up. Now, you guys that are, as any, I want to know if anybody that is watching or listening on Blog Talk, one of the two, has anybody um, read one of Robin's books? I mean, I know Bree's out there somewhere, but Bree, I would like to know, um, and I'm pre- I'm pretty sure she would like to know as well. So, if you haven't, you better. Um, in fact, I'm going to bring up her website here, and then we can um, promote it for her. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, bud. Speed. Okay. So Robert says the psychic sat in her chair drinking her tea. Then the killer popped into her mind. The startling and unexpected revelation made the tea spurt from her nostrils. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Robert. I like that. It's going in my next book. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you just lost that, Robert. Well, <laughs> he better copyright it quick. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but it's already it's already there. I don't think he can't. Or yeah, never mind. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I just had her website up here. Where did it go? Have, well, oh, this is just my um, Amazon. I had the Amazon because I was like, mm, I'm gonna look at all these. Oh, the books. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she has. <laughs> and when I was look, Robin, I have to tell you, when I was looking you up, this other doctor. We were stalking you, really. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, there is a doctor, Robin Murphy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like, whoa, that's not her. <laughs> oh, Robert, Robert said he's reading the forest. Hasn't gotten very far into it yet. Oh, so he's reading Secrets of Coffin Island. The is forest? that right, Robert? You're reading. I don't know what the LOL is for. Um, reading the fourth, haven't gotten into it very far yet. LOL. <coughs> Excuse me. No, cool. I think you've had too much sugar. Yeah, that's one okay. thing about the series. You can read it um, in sequence or you can read it as standalone. So that's, you know, I give it a backstory that you know what's going on with the characters. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So that's Fantastic. helpful. What is, I'm just so stupid because I can't find it. What is your website, Robin? It is rookiewritersolutions.com. That's right. Rookie Writer R- rookie, Solutions. Rookie Writer Solutions.com. com. There we go. Should I pin that? Yeah. Oh, well, well can I... you just throw it in there somewhere? <clears throat> All right. How about if I, I'm going to do. You're going to unpin that. I'm going to unpin this. I'm going to do. Rookie, you want to, excuse me, there you go. 
Little did she know the tea had been tainted until the burning sensation coursed through her veins, inching closer and closer to her terrified, palpitating heart. Robert and Heather Plammer on two different sides of the world are writing this book Rookie themselves. Writer solutions.com. So there you go. So you don't even have to write it. You can just like go back on this feed and pull it all off and you'll have your next book. There you go. I'll have my next story. There you go. All about a psychic that spurts tea out her nose. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to put the phone number for us. Okay, so please listen, guys. I am putting um, the website for Robin and our phone number for you to call in. Yes, <clears throat> which I probably should. So you have, oh, good. It's on two separate lines. Perfect. Okay, so you it guys are able great. to call in anytime um, to ask questions. Um, I do want to remind people that at the top of the hour, we are going to be playing the first chapter mm-hmm. to Heart Island. Yes, are. A Cemetery of Strangers. From Michael Keane. Yep. From Michael Keane's book. Yep. Um, that's going to be awesome. Um, the first chapter really got me. I mean, the first and second I, chapter got me. But. Well, the introduction was pretty. It was uh, pretty good. Yeah. That's what was like. I was like, wait, what? Did he yeah. just say? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, she because it's Norma that's reading it, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of read what um, Robin, if you don't mind, I'm gonna read your uh, bio here. It says Robin Murphy is an Amazon bestseller author of a paranormal mystery series and also writes Chick Lit. What is Chick Lit? Chick Lit. That's kind of it, that's kind of a um, it's a type of genre that's yeah it's um. It's got a little bit of romance. It's kind of got its light, you know. It's got a little comedy in it. And my protagonist is a is a woman, so that's oh God, story going to for your life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And it says here she is a speaker on author platforms, self publishing, and marketing, and co proprietor of Rookie Writers Solutions. dot com. <clears throat> uh, she also worked in administrative graphic design desktop publishing, writer, self-publishing arena, and for more than 30 years. Wow, that's a long time. That's nice. Um, her yeah. skills are at the top of her field. She currently is a virtual admin and a freelance writer. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's been a, I spent it's years been a good road, so She spent 30 years writing or being in the field. That's that's cool. I understand. <laughs> Yeah, I left um, full-time work back in 2016. I was um, working at a university close to home here, and I left to work from home as a virtual admin, and being able to do that gives me more time to do my writing and do some freelance writing for a magazine and travel and, you know, enjoy life. So. Yeah, and I think that's awesome. That's We both wish that we could do that, right, Sandy? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Lord have mercy. Yeah. 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 It's funny. I mean, not funny, but it's kind of cool because you even have um if they go to um even if they just go to the amazon.com it shows where she got blogs by her, you know, that she's posted um with some really cool uh, information on there as well. 
Wow, you're awesome, Robin. We like you. <laughs> Thank you very I much. Like I like you, you guys too. <laughs> that is cool. Um, it's I getting too chilly for me. You're getting cold. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to push everybody to go out and purchase one of her books. You guys need to do that. Um, we know Robert has. I was waiting for Bree because I wanted her to um, speak up because she she loves Robin's books. She told me last week when I was yes. when we were doing. Uh, Ten, uh, oh, in the and dark. yeah, she was she dark. was talking about uh, Robin's books and she loves them. Oh, yeah. I think she was Great. even talking about it. Oh, she was excited. Yeah, she was excited about she it. Was so. Very excited. Where is she? I should I should message Bree. Go, Bree. Where are you? Yeah, it's you Robin. Know, it's funny how like being an author. She might be tattooing. Or she might be piercing. Yeah. When you're when you're a writer <laughs> and you have those ideas, um, like the vampire. I mean, what made you think about writing about vampires? I mean, I know that it's cool. I mean, it's extremely cool, but you know, maybe just just a different it's, different thing. It's a different take. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you know when you're doing a series, I didn't start out to to make it a series. Um, the first book kind of led to that, and I I actually missed my characters. You know, I had so much fun writing that one, but. I had to, to continue it on. And I had always flirted with the idea with vampires, but that was never really my deep niche. You know, that wasn't my area of expertise and really knowing a lot about them. I watched a lot of different vampire shows and read some books and all that. But sometimes, you know, you, you have to feel comfortable with that. So right. it right. took me a while to get to that point. And I finally, in Savannah, I had discovered that there's a lot of that that takes place. And there's even a type of underground. There was an interesting, and I don't know how true it is, but sort of an underground group that considered themselves vampires. And there was a lot of that element that took place there. And when I started delving into it more, because we had traveled there for, for vacation and whatnot, um, the second go around, then I started looking into it a little more and getting a feel for the area. And it, Savannah just had that vibe, you know. And yeah. so I I pulled in a little um, vampires, a little time travel, and just kind of pulled those elements together. And um, that was a, a fun story. It, it doesn't get into deep with the vampire angle because you still have the six team as the main you know, storyline, but right. with them investigating right. this, um, uh, I had, it was, it was fun. It was a cool thing to just do. And I, I felt more comfortable this go around <laughs> in the series to, to write about it. Yeah. You need, you need to, you definitely, now that you've had vampires, you need to do one with dogmen. You got to do one with big, but yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big's falling in love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd like to. I think I've talked about doing witches yeah. too. I'd like to do something with witches. Uh, That's I, kind of. I, I, I like kid folk. I want to say a special shout out to Mr. Daryl Jones. That is a guitar player from Double Cross. Oh, nice! I did say hi to him, but yes, I'm awesome. so excited. Hello, Daryl, my buddy. Hey, Daryl. <laughs> hey, hey Daryl. My Daryl and me. Oh, my God. Because you said my buddy. Yeah, my buddy. <laughs> my, my, you're terrible. Oh, that's funny. Um, there's Bree. Because I, I just messaged you. Bree Danger in the house. Yes. 
us. Okay, so and Bree works I for Jack. I don't give a damn. Um, Bree works for <laughs> Deville Inc. Brett Butler and, Vampire uh, Slayer. <laughs> that's terrible, Robert. Robert. <laughs> well, I, just to kind of give you an idea, Robin. Uh, Robert is from Australia, and he is oh, watching cool. us live. And um, him and Heather. Uh, Palermo, those two usually go back and forth with stuff, and she is awesome. She's from Roger, and uh, some other people are, I don't even know where some of them are from, but like uh, Edna's from uh, She's Caledonia. From, yeah, I was going to say like Caledonia yeah, so. area-ish. Okay, so I do have a question for you from Heather. Okay. Um, she said, has Robin ever experienced any paranormal, exper- have you ever experienced any, any paranormal experiences? Unfortunately, I did not. She did not. Yeah, I have not. No, the the only time, I mean, not a personal experience, I should say, but when I was on the ghost investigation, I did get to experience seeing um, the flashlight test where they had set out three flashlights and then were speaking to the spirit. It was in the, um, I think it was the Mason's Lodge. And um, there were some responses to that, but that that was kind of the only thing that I really I've, I've never had the opportunity to have a personal experience. Huh. That's cool. all, that was so fun, though I'm sure Teddy yeah, doesn't have space. He doesn't necessarily. You agree know, with you that. know me. You know me. I'm not. You know I'm, me. You don't know me. Yeah. Well, you know the thing is, I don't do that. I, oh, I hate it. I hate the flashlight trick. I, I hate I all like that stuff. I hate the flashlight thing. I hate all that stuff. I'm Who's just that? I'm not, you and I. Nope. You and I are in agreement. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Those whole stupid boxes. So Bree. <laughs> What book are you reading right now? Because, you know, Robin's with us on the phone. We How have many nice books have you read? And, and what are the titles? What ones have you read? And you can even call us. Yeah. Feel free Little to call Bree. in and speak with, uh, speak with Robin. Where did that would be awesome. go? What the hell? I don't know. You lost it. I didn't lose it. You lost it a long time ago. A long ago. time ago. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I, I find it. Oh, is there a large market of paranormal nonfiction authors? Dude, I should show you. I yeah. mean, there is a lot it's of vampire movies. Well, I have, I have paranormal erotica. Oh. I have paranormal yeah. mystery. I have paranormal romance. 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 Yes. Yeah. Wow. It's Cookie huge. Writer it's huge. Um, yeah. It is huge. It is. It is a really big genre. It really it's is. It's all fantasy yeah. thing. I get it. I get it uh-huh. You know, everyone wants to do some stuff with a like vampire. Of 50, Fifty Shades of Grey. It's Fifty Shades of Drac. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty Shades with Drac. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. That's, that's there terrible. We now we're pinned. No, but oh, I get it. Tony DeVille in the house. Yeah, Tony. Tony. There he is. Let's see. Let's see what Bree says. They say. Yep. They say that if a writer cares for you, you'll never die because they use you as inspiration in their work. Was curious how many of your characters are inspired by people you know. Well, that's interesting. There are quite a few. Um, It's 
I'll never forget the first time I had an interview with my local newspaper here when Stalls and Secret first came out. And the interviewer asked me, first question he asked was, to me, my two main characters, Marie, and then her best friend was Gail. He asked me, which one was I? You know, was I Marie or was I Gail? And I kind of chuckled and I said, well, I'm a little of both. So those two are kind of sort of based on some personality of myself. Um, But I've had some local friends that I probably pull more of their uh, looks, maybe parts of their name, you know. As far as personalities go, it's pretty much just made up in my head, you know. Um, And I don't don't think it's a particular person, one person that I've um, really written about, although I've had some family members that I've had them their names in my books. You know, I've done some of that stuff, and that's why I tell people, don't tick me off or I'll kill you off in one of my stories. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I so what is what's the legal aspect of that though? I mean, you can't like you can't write about somebody specifically, right? I mean, why not? If it was, well, I don't I don't know it's how that basically- works. Well, it's no because you have your 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 disclaimer in front that nothing's based on anybody. So it's really pure hypothetical people. You know, you okay. can pull part of a name, part of a last name. Sometimes there's names that I think are just super cool that you have to use, and it just makes exactly. sense. You know, and you describe them. Maybe right. they're like that person. Maybe they're not. But um, yeah, there's there's no issues with any of that being a problem, or unless. Somebody read it and really got upset about it, but it's never really been that all all the pieces like you're going to get a full name that's going to come out, you know. So I understand that, actually, because I can remember at 14 starting to write one of my books using a last name that I just thought I was creating. The name was Castillo, C-A-S-T-I-L-L-O. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next year I met, my daughter's dad. His last name was Castillo. His last name is Castillo with no T. Oh, <laughs> wow. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> just a little bit. It was just odd though. It was, it was <laughs> too ironic to not like go, holy cats. Well, yeah. I like this. Um, Heather says paranormal romance, the moan that echoed in the dark. Wow, nice. <laughs> doesn't look blurry here, so that's good. I can see that it does look kind of blurry to me, but yeah. I also was thinking that the lighting is off uh, a, little I think bit. a little bit. So I, there, there is another question here. So uh, Robin, uh, Kristen Holmes was asking, do you have a favorite author? I have a couple of different ones that have changed over the years. Um, I used to read... Nora Roberts a long time ago got into she wrote a lot of paranormal stuff. I kind of lost track with her. I'm not really into her. I kind of now read some Janet Ivanovic. I like the oh, Stephanie yeah, yeah. Plum series because that's kind of humorous comedy. You know, I, I enjoy that. I've read um, the Da Vinci Code. You know, different. I kind of go all over the place. And then I read a lot of um, nonfiction books on psychics, like I said before, uh, ghost hunting, those kinds of things. I enjoy that to get more of the the um, real stuff, you know, that kind of a thing. 
Okay. Well, we're going to do one more question here because it's at the top of the hour and we got to get to our, our uh, Michael Keene thing. But I, Edna, Edna McQueen Edna. McLean was saying, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Heather Graham's books. Has Robin read any of her books and are they similar? Heather Graham as in the actress Heather Graham? I'm not sure. I don't know who don't Heather Graham is. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that either. Edna, is, it the, is it the actress Heather Graham? Now I'm going to look it up. Yeah, because I'm not familiar with Heather. Yes, it is a glamour <laughs> filter. It's a glamour filter. Tony. We're planning out. Brie has um, read Sullivan's Secret and Secret of the Big Easy. Awesome. Great. Great. I hope she's awesome. enjoying them. And Adna yeah. said she's definitely going to check out your books. Just like me. Nice. Thank nice. you. Yeah, I'm really excited about it, to be honest. I, I lo- so listen, I really love series. Track two. I really love series, and so I can't wait to start reading series because I just love that. Okay. So All right, yeah. give us a moment. We're going to pop off. Yeah, we are going to do a quick uh, commercial, and then we're going to hey, run into the first chapter, which is going to run probably 10 minutes, mm-hmm. and then we're going to come right back with Robin. So you guys better start calling in here and asking questions. That's a demand. That, but not, <laughs> do not call in while we're doing chapter. So we're doing the chapter. Eric, I don't know if you heard me say hi. Hello. Hi, Eric. Oh, let's see. Oh, Graham is a paranormal author. Awesome. Okay. No, she's a good author. Well, I know that, but she could also be the actress, people. So I just was curious. So I think I'm going to find that out. <laughs> All right. So we're going to be right back. Don't go anywhere. Great. Commercials. All right. So hang tight. Flashlight recorder and comfortable shoes, a simple guide to paranormal investigation. Written by Keith Spratley and Ted Van Sant. If you look to join the living who research the paranormal or the unknown, this book will guide you to developing your techniques. Reverend Tim Shaw says, the work will guide you along your journey to seek the truth about life after death. Available at Barnes & Noble and Amazon. And you can find a direct link on paratalkradio.com. Get your copy today. All right, so we are going to, at this moment, there's your commercial. So, so at this moment, I'm going to try and set this up for you. Some of you um, listened last week, and you joined us for the debut mm-hmm. um, and the premiere of Heart Island, A Cemetery of Strangers, written by Ms. Michael Keene, and narrated um, by Norman Gratsky. Now, we did the intro um, last week and we had a good time with it and it was awesome mm-hmm. we talked we spent the whole night talking about the book and everything with mike and it was awesome so here's chapter one we hope lord <laughs> have mercy the invisible john's trying so this is chapter one and um i hope you enjoy you guys we will be posting a link to the audio book on paratalkradio.com now michael mm-hmm. has also stated that if you purchase the audio book once he gets email and all the information from you, he will sell you the um, copy of the actual book at half price. So wait, wait, what's that? Yeah. Oh you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you buy remember. the audio yeah. and you will get the regular book for half yeah. price. Take a listen. Heart Island: A Cemetery of Strangers by Michael T. Keene. New York City: Heart Island: A Cemetery of Strangers, written by Michael T. Keene. Narrated by Norma Jean Gradsky. It's, yes, it's, it's the same. It's the same. 
It always starts the same. Chapter 1. The Burial Crisis of 1822. By early 1800s, New York City boasted a population of over 200,000, qualifying it as the largest city in the Western Hemisphere. As New York City's population grew, so did its number of dead. What has been referred to as the 1822 Manhattan Burial Crisis evolved into one of the city's most troublesome and hazardous social frenzies and failings. The 300-year-old Graveyard, a two-and-a-half-acre of land in Lower Manhattan, was the idyllic resting place of Alexander Hamilton, among others, in 1804 after losing his historic duel with Aaron Burr. Today, workers in the city's financial district nearby may visit the site on breaks or lunch hours for green, peaceful respite from offices and elevators. But in 1822, no one wanted to stroll to the cemetery. In fact, residents of the neighborhood found other ways and their routes to their destinations to specifically avoid the place. Why was this important in 1822? The smell, the all-encompassing stench, the definitive pervasive odor of hundreds of decomposing bodies in shallow graves, hastily interred only two or three feet underground. The fact that the number of interred in Trinity Church's graveyard in 1822 was estimated at 120,000 was just that, an estimate. The truth was that the huge number of bodies buried in that year alone could not be that. July of 1822 saw the highest death rates from yellow fever in New York City, particularly in areas south and west of the church. The Common Council and Board of Health passed a resolution in the month of August prohibiting further burials in the graveyard because of vehement complaints of offensive exhalations. Visitors to church and graveyard, casual passers-by, and residents in the surrounding streets found the source of the stench unmistakable, the smell of death. A doctor prominent in investigating the causes of the yellow fever epidemic hired workers to cover the graveyard in decline to speed up the process of decomposition. Men worked through the night, wrecking and heaving in a repulsive task. How could Trinity Church, along with Manhattan's 21 additional burial grounds, possibly keep up the city's rapidly growing death rate? By 1822, Trinity was surrounded by thriving commercial communities, while its modest graveyard barely encased a century's worth of bodies. New York City was facing an unprecedented crisis at an unprecedented speed. Existing accommodations in the city's burial grounds could not keep up with burying the staggering number of people dying. Other grounds in the city faced the same problem. Among them were North Dutch Church, Middle Dutch Church, and St. Paul's all within a close radius of Trinity Church. Burying the city's dead surpassed the geographical burial boundaries imposed by the city. In 1839, that boundary extended to 14th Street. 
By 1859, it expanded uptown to 86 and to bury its indigent dead outside the city limits in Potter's Fields in what is now Washington Square Park and Bryant Square. By 1831, two of the first non-sectarian burial grounds in New York were formed. The New York Marble Cemetery, 1830, in the Bowery, and the New York City Marble Cemetery, a block away from the first. Most of fact burials occurred in thick family vaults underground. In 1878, Greenwood Cemetery in Brooklyn was planned and developed by David Bates Douglas on an initial 178 acres of land and was later increased by an additional 300 acres. The graveyard was modeled after Mount Auburn in Boston and Laurel Hill in Philadelphia. Douglas, who also served as the cemetery's first president, designed Greenwood as the ideal romantic landscape, a rural creation of sculpted hills, planted trees, and curved paths, fanciful names. In 1876, Harper's Weekly called Greenwood the largest and most beautiful burial place on the continent. Greenwood also charged to bury one's dead, which resurrected the anger of city officials who maintained that New York City still had not come to terms with burying its indigent and impoverished. In a fiery letter to the editor of the New York Times, these officials again described the coffins, skulls, and decayed bodies lying exposed on the corner of 50th Street and 4th Avenue, the location of one of the city's small potter's fields. In 1869, New York City purchased Hart Island as its official public site. The rising number of the city's dead would now be buried well underground, but not without their own problems, perhaps later than sooner. Two years later, Almost identical descriptions of the same ghoulish discoveries in the Trinity Church graveyard would come to nest on Hart Island, jarring our attention and sensibilities while uncovering the shroud of mystery surrounding America's largest mass gravesite with graphic contemporary examples. In 1775, British naval cartographers charted what they originally named Heart Island because of its general shape, which seemed to them to resemble a human heart. Other historic reports claim that the island was named after deer or hearts hunted there. It's rather ironic that the nature of the business of Heart Island seemed to lack just that, heart, the emotional kind until a few short years ago when public outcry brought attention to the severe erosion of grave sites and the subsequent exposure of human remains on the mysterious resting place. Just as a grisly assortment of bones and human skulls seeped out of their rest places, the emotions surge of family members and friends of loved ones buried there in the largest pot field in America. By 1798, it was listed on maps as Hart Island, approximately one-third of a mile from the city island shore and measuring just about a mile long by one-third of a mile wide at its broadest point. This island, too, 
was the ancestral home of the Suwanoi Indians, who first hunted, fished, lived, and died there. This land is also purchased by Thomas Pell. Upon Pell's death, the land passed to his nephew, John Pell of England. His heirs sold it to Oliver de Lancey in 1774, a loyalist politician, soldier, and merchant during the American Revolution. Commanding officers occupied their own cottages, and officers lived in a large building at the south end of the island. Every evening at 5 p.m., a military dress parade was held. This space also included a library and a concert room where musically inclined soldiers performed with the regimental band. The first concert was given on November 14, when visitors and family members of the recruits came to Hart Island. They were required to get a pass from General Dix's office on Bleecker Street in Lower Manhattan, Greenwich Village, and were also required to pay a fare of 55 cents to board the ferry John Romer before it sailed the 21-mile distance from the Battery in Manhattan to Hart Island in the Bronx. Leaving the island was more difficult than landing on it. Visitors were hurried on their return boat trip as the ferry docked only a half hour before sailing back to Manhattan. Once travelers accomplished this part of their trip, they would board a tugboat or shell, hire a rickety carriage at 20 cents per person to take them to one designated railway station in Manhattan. That railway charged 55 cents for the next part of the trip to the 27th Street railway station, the last stop from which weary riders would disperse in their own directions before finally reaching their homes. Any leftover enjoyment from a day spent on Hart Island was soon overshadowed by fatigue and empty pockets. Many soldiers who occupied the island during wartime died in the line of duty, but also from disease. They were, of course, buried on Hart Island. In 1916, their remains were removed and reinterred in the Soldiers' Cemetery at West Farm in the Bronx. The remains of another group of Civil War veterans were disinterred from Hart Island in 1941 and moved to the Cypress Hills National Cemetery in Brooklyn, New York, which is the only United States National Military Cemetery in New York City. The remains of over 21,000 veterans and civilians are buried there. In 1864... The American Civil War gained momentum. Construction barracks began at the farthest southern tip of the island to hold approximately 5,000 prisoners of war. The city of New York, under the auspices of the Department of Public Charities and Correction, purchased Hart Island from the John Hunter family in 1868 for $75,000. The island was concurrently used as a training facility for new soldiers. Initially, between 2,000 and 3,000 raw recruits were expected. Ultimately, over 50,000 men trained on the island. 45 acres at northern end was designated as a potter's field in 1869. Its first burial would be soon. I got to tell you, I mean, the more I listen to the, the facts and the information, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. No, it truly is. <clears throat> I know that some of you are uh, listening to it and you're wondering what was happening. And basically, we 
Um, I've been playing a, a chapter from Heart Island, A Cemetery of Strangers by Mr. Michael T. Keene, who was narrated by Norma Jean Gradsky. And I brought this in because I was surprised about facts that he had dug up. Right. That was one of the biggest things. And we will continue to do this um, for a few more Mondays to, you know, mm-hmm. see where things go and, and how it goes until we can get um, that link placed up for his book. And like I said, you can uh, purchase mm-hmm. the audio book, then get the actual book at half price. So let's get back to the, the schedule. <laughs> Thank you. We are talking with Miss Robin Murphy, who is another author. Um, she is a uh, fictional writer of Paranormal Mysteries. <laughs> oh, my God. I have to say this. Sorry. Uh, okay. So uh, Heather says, my filter doesn't ex- exist today. I said, when does it? Just curious. Ha, ha, ha. And then Ro- Robert said, it took off with Mercury retrograde. Nice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Heather. So Robin has got some books, and um, Bree was talking about she's read a couple of them. Uh, real quick again, it is hey, Cora. Uh, the website again hey, is Rookie. Rookie. WriterSolutions.com, and you guys can see that it's pinned, so you can see her um, her website. website. Is right at the bottom and then of the page, right there. underneath the website is our phone number, so you can call in. And if you'd like to talk to Robin and ask her questions, you certainly can do this. And this freaking thing is driving me insane today. <laughs> nope, John, they can't touch him. No touching my microphone. No touch you, my microphone. Well, it's going to be a problem because I'm going to be doing some of this. Yeah, well, that's terrible. This, yeah, stop this that. is a limited dick. A limited dick. Okay. okay, so uh, Sullivan's Secret, Secret of the Big Easy, Federal City's Secret, mm-hmm. Secret of Coffin Island, yes. and. And um, the last the, one is. Yeah. Hang on, I got Savannah it. Savannah right Secret. Savannah, Savannah Secret. There we go. Yes. She's got a thing for secrets. And they're all maroon <laughs> and the SIP team. I got a secret. Yes. A secret, secret, secret. Got a I secret. Got a secret. You thought you'd get me on that one. Yeah. You? you can't be trying to get me, but I know yeah. my stuff. Stop jerking it off. Listen, Bree. You love it. Yeah, you guys are <laughs> terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Crazy people. Yeah, and no farting in Cindy Nobody did. He's just being. Uh, he's just being he's Robert. He's telling the truth. I'm sure no, of it. No, he's just being Robert. Mm, okay. My God, um, I don't want to touch a sheep. Okay. We'll see if anybody has called. Is calling. <laughs> we got to get another another screen up here because we can't see the other screen. Can't see. I know. Yeah. 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 Please. Okay. I, j- so, I just checked it before. I well, I know. I just want to make sure that we don't miss it if somebody's calling in. That's all. Um, I what I what I would love to do is maybe get some pointers from Robin um, myself for writing my next book. But I'm writing now. Is there a big difference between? I mean, other than the fact that we've already discussed mm-hmm. it, where uh, fictional writers can pull their stories out of the air, yeah. where mine is. Uh, I don't know, everything's laying in front of me. There isn't that much of a difference when it comes to just putting it on paper, correct? I mean, 
other than pulling it out of the air? I mean, what kind of advice would you give me? Um, well, I mean, the key to writing anything, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, I think is um, the research. I mean, the research is huge. You you need to be able to do that, and especially when you're doing nonfiction, obviously. Right. And when you have, if you have, if you're writing about personal experiences and things, I mean, that's obviously you know a little easier because you're talking about something that maybe happened to you or what have you. But um, research is a, is a huge one, and every I think every writer is different when it comes to how they write. Some people outline. I do both. I'm kind of also like a panster, where you just kind of sit down and it comes to me, and I just write, and I you know I'm able to do that. But then yeah. before I begin all that, I do have to sit down, and you've got to. For me, I create the characters. I start researching the subject of my main, what the story is going to be about, you know, beginning, middle, and end. You kind of have to have that um, mapping out where it's taking place. And then I, I started doing research on the setting. I do research on different things that whatever it is that I may not know about, you know, it could be even something right. as small as when you're talk, talking about the types of uh, instruments, you know, the equipment that you all take on um, ghost investigations, that has even changed since I was writing in 2012 that whenever you are doing, you know, writing now, I have to make sure that I'm staying up on the game with all the equipment and how technology has changed and gotten better. And so, you know, people can come out there and tell you, you know, you need to do this, this, and this. And it's, it's good to take bits and pieces, but you really need to, make it work what's best for you and, and what suits your style, I think. And then to check it, but. So oh, you, well. we have some more questions here, I guess. Um, uh, heaven or heaven. Heather's got a, another question here. It says, mm-hmm. uh, Robin, do you have tips for a new screenwriter? For new screenwriters. Do you have, I'm sorry. It's okay. Do you have tips for new screenwriters? I mean, obviously, research and stuff like that, but she's, she's looking for, she wants to write her own book. Well, it's I, screenwriter. It's, it's a different type. I do know it's a different type of writing, you know, than, than actual just writing for screenwriting. Um, I don't know a whole lot about screenwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that a lot of times things are pulled from a story, and there's a different way to go about it, but I don't know enough about screenwriting myself to be able to, you know, to give any tips on any of that, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Hey, I think least... any author, I think any author would love to have their book become a movie. So that's a. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, look at your books. I mean, uh, that would be great. Be great I mean, who would want movie. Twilight or even uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, which actually was from Twilight. Was um, it really? Yes, it was fan fiction. So one of the things that is the unwritten rule and rule mm-hmm. <laughs> is that you don't publish your um, your fan fiction. And it's funny, as I was reading Fifty Shades of Grey, which is not written very well, by the way, um, I kept going, man, this this looks, this looks sounds just 
Twilight, just like Twilight, just like Twilight. And then finally my girlfriend goes, oh, didn't you know it was fan fiction? I'm like, nope, sure didn't, but it makes sense because I get it now. Hmm. Okay, I have a question for you. Yeah, yeah. So I have a question for you, Robin. Do you like serial killers? Like, do you have a fascination with them? Because I kind of (laughs) do. No, I don't think I do. I'm not quite sure. Although, I don't know, whenever things like that, serial killers, it kind of does suck me in sometimes, you know. It's like you have to wait and watch it to the very end to see, you know, what happens. But um, I don't really know if I have a fascination with them. It was just kind of an easy thing to write for my first one. It was kind of like made sense to have a serial killer on the island, so... I think I have a fascination right. with a lot of a lot of different weird stuff. So, <laughs> mm. let's see. I, I mean, I don't know if I could write not you know write fiction, but you know, there's there's a lot of things that I'm interested in. I've thought about writing, you know, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I, could. I don't know. <clears throat> a friend of mine actually writes children's books. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. You know, that's 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 kind of cool. I mean, of course, children's books are, what, less than 25 pages or something like that, or 50 pages. Right. I think there's a knack to all of that. You know, any writer in any genre, I, I you know, because me writing now is, I think it's fascinating because it takes a certain creative mind be able to put anything to paper like that and when you're you know making stuff up like that and putting it down and then when you have readers um enjoying it you know that's the real thrill when i started writing it was pretty much just for me it was a personal thing that i needed to do i had to tell a story and i had fun while i was doing it that was the key for my writing experience. Um, I actually have a blast when I'm writing. And then when I would get a review and somebody leaves a nice review and they start talking about your characters or asking about your characters, then it, it's even more exciting. It's kind of the icing on top. You know, it's it's like, oh, okay, I'm having fun, but I'm also having other folks enjoy it as well. And that's, that's kind of nice. It's kind of cool. Where'd they go? Are they talking? Yeah, live video interrupted. Says it should resume shortly. Hello? Hello? They just said, guys, we lost everything.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.